Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mando Mondays here on the Wrong Theater and the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Steve O'Malley, joined alongside by Billy Bruno and Aiden LaCorey back again today. And we're coming off of an episode that was definitely different. It strayed from the last two uh, in terms of the action and the Star Wars and focused more on the the Mando for, for the first time in a while, obviously because Grogu is no longer in our possession. Um, he's off with the Moff, and that's kind of where we're going in the, the last chapter. Um, but overall, for me, a, a big writing episode. Lots yeah, of good writing. Thematic. Yeah. Thematic and uh, enhancing like the overall view of our characters rather than advancing the plot, which is fine. Uh, which I you have to it. do on TV yeah. shows, right, Billy? You do. Sometimes okay. it's necessary. No, this was definitely, I would say, the in a weird way, the deepest episode in terms of like making you think about the larger world and like this episode. There was, it was some thematic elements that connected. Political Star Wars a little bit, like oh, thinking about was. thinking about what's right and what's wrong, and who's right and who's wrong. And that's one of one of my points um, later that we'll talk about. But like it, it always you're always brought up to think that there's good and bad, and this version of Star Wars is kind of showing you the middlemen, kind of aligning at different points in time, like Cara Dune last season, or uh, yeah, last season was a bounty hunter, ex, ex-rebel bounty hunter, and, you know, definitely was morally ambiguous. Now she's a marshaled New Republic uh, ally, basically, so she's fully good. Uh, the Mandalorian kind of always sitting in the middle, and Bill Burr's character last season was was a murderer. Uh, um, he killed the um, New Republic guy. He was imprisoned, and now he's free because he did something good. But he's free from thinking good and bad. He's kind of just like I understand how bad the Empire was. Like now, I am my own sort of free thinker. I think there were two key elements that was addressed in this episode. And you kind of touched on both, which is one was it was kind of a broad view, and it didn't really dive in. But the general touching on a PTSD. And Bill Burr's character is really suffering from that, and maybe a lot of his actions were influenced by the pain that he's experienced with the Empire. But I think the key that this episode showed me was, and I think we've seen it, it's kind of little throughout, but this was, I think, one of the biggest ones, which is, and it's a connection to our world. It, it all depends on what perspective you see. So in this episode, for, for some, it was the perspective was the Empire was really the good guys. Like, who came in and saved the day? Who saved Mando and Bill Burr's character? It was the TIE fighters who have been identified as being um, one with the Empire. They're evil, right? Those are the bad guys, but they were the ones saving the day. Then the scenes of them cheering um, Mando and Bill Burr as they, as they came into the compound. It was just everything was kind of reversed from what we're used to seeing. And it didn't really dive into it too much, but just kind of showed the perspective of the good, like good and evil is all dependent on what perspective you're coming from and what viewpoint you see it as, which is a very interesting idea. And it's, it's a really connection to the real world, I feel like. That was my first bullet point was the, the flipped, uh, basically flipped story. Like you saw the cheering of the Imperials the same way you saw the cheering of the rebels in the episode four like it was the same thing they came running into the base and everyone was cheering like you were you were then told to feel happy for the rebels in that moment you felt good for the imperials those were just people doing their jobs 
Like they didn't, they were doing the same thing the rebels were. Obviously they were on two completely different sides, but that was the moment where you're supposed to be happy to be an Imperial. Like those are normal people just going about their day in that mine and you feel happy for them because that was success. They did good that day. There's very few people on each side that are either truly, really bad or truly, really good leading the cause. Um, because there's great, there's good people on the, on the Imperial side and good people on the New Republic Rebel side as well. And bad people for vice versa for both sides, which I think it really connects pretty well to what we're going through now because you have certain political sides cheering just whenever their side wins, but there's good people and bad people on both sides. And it's really just following a very small group which is what Star Wars was showing and has been showing for many years now. Another thing I loved with uh, Bill Burr's Mayfield was like, so in the first time, the first time we saw him, he was kind of just built space Bill Burr. Like he was like a jackass and he was, you know, he wasn't a bad character, but he was basically just a one dimensional space version of Bill Burr. And then this episode we see him in the beginning. I like. I really liked the interactions with him and Mando in the truck before the fight. I'm talking about just the Mayfeld kind of talking, and Mayfeld's like, "Oh, look at this kid. He's giving you the look, but like, um, he'd be giving the New Republic the same look on a different world." Like he was basically saying how, no matter, like Aiden said, the perspective. But like, you then see like when they're sitting down with the, uh, the Imperial officer, and he's totally flipped. He's like, this is the best, like, he, he is totally in full PTSD effect. Like, he is riveting with the decisions he's made, and he knows that he's going to correct it right here by killing the guy who gave the orders because he is now, I think, the title of the, the believer. I think he is the believer. Like, he has flipped his, his thoughts as to, you know, how the galaxy works. But he thought by correcting his actions that it would make him feel a sort of release by killing the officer and then blowing up the base. That scene uh, reminded me straight out of uh, Django Unchained. Um, that like you can see him; he's trying his hardest to contain, like the impulse of sorts, yeah. and he just couldn't because in his eyes, just that evil could not be not corrected. Is I guess my way of phrasing it. So with this show, there's few. I would say there's maybe an episode or two where I've gone back and watched it. And there's maybe a scene or two that I've gone back and watched. I have gone back and watched that table scene like five or six times. I think that's one of the best scenes of the entire series as a whole, just in terms of uh, the music, the dialogue, uh, the action, the acting. I think it's perfect. And it's a really emotional scene. There's a lot of Star Wars lore in that scene, which is just sprinkled in there for some retconning and some fan service. But just the idea of a definitely – morally ambiguous man kind of just letting literally sitting there absorbing you know this nonsense from the imperial officer and then just realizing how wrong he was and he's like i'm gonna try to set or correct a little bit of the future by just killing this monster essentially like this was a this was a bane of his life obviously it doesn't save the world like that that action didn't save the world like sometimes in star wars like it just saved himself from maybe just mellowing in his swallow. I don't know. I really liked everything about that scene. I really liked the 
I thought Pedro Pascal's acting was awesome because he's so awkward to not having his helmet on that he was all in awe of not being able to speak. Like it was showing that he was just so dumbfounded without his helmet that it was just, it was too much for him to be even muster up words. I would like for Mando to not have the helmet on as much in the future. I hope it can continue to develop at the point. I think we'll jump into why Mando took off the helmet, but I think that brings out even more of the character being able to see the visceral reactions and really seeing Pedro Pascal's facial expressions. Um, Cause I think it, again, it enhances that character even more and it brings even more flavor to that performance. And I think he did a really good job. You said it, he seemed naked without, his uh his helmet on and it was that's probably the first time he's ever truly interacted with another human being with his face being shown it was it was very well done that 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 whole scene was well done my only knock in it was the imperial officer had a weird little southern accent which i was like what's going on here other than that i was a fan yeah that was a little odd but i think that the conversation between mayfield and nano in the truck beforehand will kind of foreshadow Mando taking his helmet off more in the future, which um, he's been, Pedro Pascal's been fighting for that to happen. So I think he's going to win a little bit of that battle. And next season, we're going to see him, we're going to see his face more often. But I think there's a legitimate plot point and character development behind why he would. And that's simply because his moral values are slowly shifting as he experiences more and more. Um, like I guess just experiences I guess with the child but in a way his experience with baby Yoda has changed his grounded moral values and how what he thinks is most important in his life now it used to be I guess in a way his religion and not take off that those like commandments of sorts or what defined his life but as this show is going on that has slowly drifted away and other things have usurped it in terms of its importance which is interesting well, another major revelation with him taking the helmet off is he's obviously ex-imperial because that's the only way his face would have scanned. They would have had his face in the system. Like it wasn't, you can't just have any face go up to that scanner. Like you have to be in the records as an imperial something and his face scanned. Um, so that's a little hint at his past. I don't think it's something they're going to harp on, but it's definitely adds to his character development because again in the first season he's just thrown at us like it's not like oh this is that we start from him age 10 after he was uh his parents were killed to then like there's no there's no filling in the the lines in the first season that's just another little piece to his background at some point in time he was with the imperial ranks he also seemed to have an awareness of operation cinder when um, Mayfield brought it up and he kind of gave multiple looks like let's not touch on this like there was a clear shown through again his facial expressions that he was aware of what Bill Burr's character was talking about and in that specific moment it was I don't think you should be talking about this with this officer and there were some theories that were like how does he know about Operation Cinder and Billy I don't know Operation Cinder was connected to the Battlefront 2 game and it's it was a, con- a contingency plan. It was essentially like Empire Lost, let's blow up these, or essentially blow up. It was the planets. scorched earth policy of the, the, that the British had. If they ever lost a war, uh, they would burn the crops of their enemies. And, but it was 
no matter who stood in their path. So a bunch of Imperial um, stormtroopers, Imperial officers were killed by their own empire. They were killing anybody. Just like to, it, did, like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was kind of like, it's kind of like parallel to like just dropping the atom bomb on whoever's down there. Like they just, they just made the call. Like their own uh, troops were down yeah. there. It did not matter. But that's when you saw Bill Burr kind of believe like against the empire, not necessarily in the new Republic, just believing that, you know, clearly there's two sides to this, but the empire is far worse than the new Republic. Like they are clearly on a, just, they operate on a different scale than the new Republic has or ever will. Like that was where the belief came in. Like that they are clearly, and when the, the, the officer was also, by the way, the officer is the same guy. Uh, from Batman Begins, who kills Bruce Wayne's parents. So this guy is no good. Just a no, yeah, just a just a no good dude. This guy sucks. Um, he made Batman and he killed a bunch of people. He's the worst. Um, really good character actor. He's also the Night King or the Ice King, Billy, in Game of Thrones one through seasons one through four. I saw that or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, then they replaced him when he started doing more of the talking. I was just I just saw that on a video I watched, but. That guy's acting was so good because he was a total like blinded empire officer. Like this guy was like all hail the empire. Everything they do is justified because of the order they bring. And are they really bringing order? And then Bill Burr was like, hell no, you're killing my brothers out there. Now I'm going to put a hole in your chest. And that for me was, that might've been one of my favorite scenes of the series as a whole. And probably one of my favorite star Wars scenes in general. I, I just loved that. That scene was perfect. Well, that was one of the rare Star Wars scenes where it wasn't just, oh, this is a Star Wars scene. This is a Star Wars episode. I felt like that was the first time it was a like a genuine acting. You know what I mean? You don't, normally it was like, you don't go to Star Wars for like yeah. personal acting moments that like Oscar. You know what I mean? Like those Oscar bait types. It seemed like it, it would appear in like a war movie where yeah, it was a or like a post-war movie. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel like Star Wars. Obviously, when they were bringing up like Operation Cinder, like clearly it was talking about stuff that happened in Star Wars, but it was just a genuine, it was almost like a one-on-one-on-one scene. Like Mando's like, let's get the hell out of here. The Imperial officer's like, there's something wrong with you guys. I'm going to keep interrogating you basically. And then Bo Bar was like, I'm going to kill this guy. This episode was Rogue One. Like how Rogue One kind of yeah. showed the true nature of a galactic war and that there's real casualties and there's real grittiness and it's not, um, this exciting heroes always save the day. That's what this kind of episode was that we haven't really seen from Mandalorian, despite Mandalorian being probably a little darker and exploring the rogue one aside, but this was a real plunge by exploring like real life narrative. I think that's my, my final it, way to describe it. it yeah. It's showing that the good guys aren't always the ones saving the day. Like that's the bottom line. Like in the earlier part of the episode, the empire saves the day and you're like, yeah, let's go. Mando's alive. And at the end, Bill Burr blows this factory to smithereens. Bill Burr is no, you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner. This guy is no, he's no saint. So he, and he's technically saving the day. Like he blew up that Rhydonium factory, whatever the hell they were going to do with that wasn't good. That wasn't going to be a good thing, whatever they're going to do with that. So it's, it's definitely showing that anybody can save the day. But there is, there is a couple other points I wanted to bring up about just little, they were little quips for me, but I felt that they were, they were developing Mando and Grogu without having them on screen together. Like in the beginning of the episode, they're like, oh, they got his kid. 
and then um, Mando before they uh, get on the truck, they talked about I gotta go get my kid. Like there's clearly it's clearly recognizable to other people than just us that Mando and and the, and Grogu are extremely close, and now it's replicated replicated on both sides how much Mando loves the kid having the kid around. I think that just shows again, it goes back to like why he took off the helmet. Like it's finally embracing us to how much Grogu meets him and it's shown because he's now going to It's what Bill Burr all... said in the tank, the, yeah, the desperation. Just, yeah, his desperation's there, but there Grogu now means more to him than anything else in his life. Including People change their guidelines when things are absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yep. And so speaking of the line you just said, Aiden, I liked how at the end there was a huge flip in the power dynamic. The whole – how many episodes? There's 16 chapters to, in total between the two seasons. 15 of them is Moff, or Mando on the run from Moff – basically Mando on the run. Mando is in shit trying to get out. But then this last episode flips it that Mando is hunting Moff Gideon for the first time. Like Moff Gideon, you can tell just from the, I would say the the two and a half minutes we've seen of Moff Gideon's face in this whole series, you could see the sense of, oh shit, like I'm not in complete control for once. Like I really, really liked the the power dynamic completely flipped. Like let's Mando doesn't have as much of a chance as Moff Gideon was would be if he was hunting him. Like Mando's clearly outgunned. But at least he's coming in heavy with like his the idea of him coming in heavy. Like he is the hunter now. He is coming for Moff Gideon, and Moff Gideon will have to probably whip that old dark saber out, and try and save save his little empire faction. But it's it was nice to see the dynamic flip from Mando, who's always in Mando's always stuck in the goddamn mud. So it was nice to see that he's now the hunter, the true bounty hunter again. Yeah, it's going to put a nice twist on what we've seen. And that's why I think that it's going to lead into a very, very crazy season three. I think it's the only way. They can't not lead into a crazy season three. Like, I, yeah, I don't I, know what don't to know. expect out of the chapter, the next chapter. Like, I don't have – like, I used to – not I used to. For the past couple episodes, it was easy to have these wild theories about the what was going to happen in the next chapter until – Nothing you think is going to happen actually happens. Um, I don't think we see any Jedi. I don't think any of that happens. Um, I think it's a good old-fashioned gunfight, and I don't, I don't. But that's it. I don't know. I have nothing. Do, do in our predictions? Do you, do you think Baby Yoda is in Mando's hands at going into uh, season thirty? Let me For flip the my sake coin. of the show, I, I let me flip my coin. Isn't. No, I don't. The coin says no. I'm going I think with the, the ultimate coin. cliffhanger would be either he fails to get Baby Yoda, or he does. But the biggest cliffhanger would be some hooded, shadowy figure appears on the seeing stone, and it cuts to black, and we don't know who appeared, but someone got Baby Yoda's message, and we don't know who it is gotta be something like that they have to tie it in to who he called that would be by far away the best cliffhanger possible they if if mando 
has the kid, no Jedi. If Mando doesn't have the kid, Jedi. That's my prediction. It's not what I want. I want Jedi either way. Do we want know who the Jedi is? No, no way. Either no way. Shot. Yeah. That's, yeah. No that's, shot. No shot. That's the cliffhanger. <laughs> There's no way. There's because three... because what if here's and here's the potential real problem. What if they don't know what they want to do? Like what if what if there's indecision on the on the who they want to bring in because they already brought in Ahsoka. She's I not answering assume, the call. I would she's assume on, they they, they. No, nah, she's Ahsoka on D and D. No, Ahsoka appears in this episode. Nope, they gave her her own series, and then everyone was like, "Yeah," and then she's not coming back. What if now I know that you probably can't do this, but what if they just showed like a Jedi's hand, and the last scene is the lightsaber coming out and for every different screen there's like a different colored lightsaber so you couldn't tell who it was uh, dude i i it's like well the if thing. they show if they show the bionic hand then it's luke and that would be kind of silly if if the hand would give too much away as would the lights but i don't know what you imagine doing it for a different part like there's a thing i saw or just show the handle of the lightsaber you have to show if you're showing a hand it's got to be the left if you show the right it's not going to be luke or it's, it's going like, to be Luke. It's like this thing. I saw something on Reddit where this has nothing to do with it, but someone said if I was ever an author of a book, I would write four different endings and not tell anyone. And then people and people would be arguing about the ending of my book and like trying to figure out like why they have four different ones. And I would finally release a statement saying, oh, I wrote five different endings. And then you have people freaking out trying to figure out what the fifth one is, even though there's only four. <laughs> so uh, it's basically like Game of Thrones. How you have all the correct endings that could have happened, and then the one that actually did. I, dude, I am, I am very much, I am fully engrossed in the Game of Thrones book that Billy has alone to me. I'm finally reading it. It is very good, and it is, it is it's stunning to have the first couple of seasons just like adapted this, and it's that's word why it's so word for good. word dial. He took word for word dialogue from the book in the first season. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna let Billy no, go down that road again. That is, that is a dark and dangerous. Yeah. I've seen what it does. It ruins the best of us. That maybe is one of my last true memories, relative, I guess, of sophomore year in the the dorm is Billy yelling, like full-on raging when Game of Thrones won what? What did they win? Best drama. Best drama. And this man lost his shit. As he should. 30 in the morning. No, it was not that early in the morning it was or later? that late. Dude, no, it was like 11. No, it was pretty late. You woke Joey up. Yeah, Joey goes went to sleep at like 9.30. I think he's been not beyond at 2.30 in the morning. Emmy's runtime. Anyway, I did have one I guess other like scene that I really liked. Back I want to Mandalorian. I wanted to talk about one scene I really, really liked that was just like, that was funny Star Wars. Like, it made sense. Was the, who the hell's coming with me? Bill Burt, the Bill Burt scene. Like, who's going with me in the in the truck? And they're all like, and Cara Dune's like, oh, I'll go. And then he's like, dude, you're a freaking New Republic agent. And then uh, Fennec Shan's like, uh, uh, well, I'm wanted. And then the Mandalorian's like, I'm not going. And then they look at Boba Fett and he's like, yeah, they might recognize my face. And I was like, because he's, yeah, he's, like he's all the stormtroopers. Like, all, obviously, all the stormtroopers aren't still clones. But, like, if he had to take his helmet off, they'd be like. Um. See, that's my only thing, though. Wouldn't it, I think Boba, I think, honestly, 
I want going back to what we were discussing earlier is I think it might just be like a plot hole how um, Mando's face got scanned and like you just had to and like it's not like an allowance system per se because that that was the whole reason why Boba couldn't. And no, Boba couldn't go because if he walked in and took that helmet off, they would know. Yeah, but then wouldn't it be the same thing with Mando if he was in fact Imperial? No, because they wouldn't necessarily have seen Mando, but if yeah. one would like recognize Boba Fett. Like Boba why Fett could, why couldn't have Boba done what Mando did then? Because someone could have realized that something was going on. I think they would have realized it was Boba Fett. How? If you I, I'm very confused. Like if he was wearing the if the plan No, worked. he has to take it off. He has to take it off. I don't know if he got. You if you know what I'm say, saying? All right. Well, oh, 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 oh. Okay. They would have. They had to scan everybody when they when you go through. That's what they said. You had to be scanned upon entry, like when they were in the truck. If they scanned Boba Fett, like it would show up, Boba Fett. Well, wouldn't the same thing with Mando if he was in fact Imperial? It would say Dinjarin Imperial. I don't think Mando is was as big of a registered bounty hunter as Boba Fett. Maybe I just I don't know if I'm buying that he was in cahoots with the Imperials at some at some time. I'm interested to see though. No, I think he was simple, ex-Imperial. I don't know. Like I don't, before I don't know he, I'm buying him. he seems to me like he was just more kind of like a loner, just kind of hopping around the galaxy. What if his parents were Imperial or uh, Republic or whatever? Like they would have shown up. Like it, like he was registered as a kid. I don't know. All right. Well, I just thought it was a good, funny Star Wars scene that was actually funny. Oh. And not like, like I didn't the fun the that that scene where both like both my, like, my let's just say scene. they might recognize my face. It wasn't my, my favorite. I just thought it was my funny. favorite scene from that episode. It was so subtle. Was Mando trying to adjust to not having his armor on, and he was like doing moves, and he got the Bexar on, and like killed. He, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, and he he's like, looked down. Ow. That's like that was little that things scene. that are big. That scene felt really modern. It was like a truck sequence, like almost like a, like a, like in a drug, I don't know, like in a Fast and Furious movie. Like they were fighting on top of the truck. That was a really cool modern scene. And the way the camera followed Mando as we were going. It was a perfect filler episode as a whole because it brought better thematic elements that explored real life issues in a way. But it was also separating the final season, the final episode of the season, and also like three or four in a row, like legitimate plot advancement episodes. Those are kind of filler. The issue was the most like, filler ones. Around. For this, me, this was, was like a episode. sneaky, this was a sneaky filler. Yeah. Like it was like the second episode, far and away, the worst episode they've ever made. And that was a out and out filler. Like there was no other way about that. This one was like, like Bill Burr's done. Like there's definitely no way we see him unless it's a cameo in the third season. Um, I doubt he comes back in the last chapter. Like, but his character felt so essential to this season as a whole, just because of the importance of what he was doing to the to ending the season. Basically, like his his job was to end the season by finding Moff Gideon's cruiser. Billy always talks about like how someone has to die at some point. I think. The only way they even elevated if Mayfield died, I think it would have made that show even more impactful. I and agree. There was I, I was expecting him to the way I thought he was going to get shot right away. Yeah, yeah. I, no, no, no. I thought he was going to get shot 
when he jumped in the cruiser, like when they came and picked him up and like he hopped on and like they were closing the thing. I oh was yeah. Snapped. I was nervous for both of them. No, to be I, honest, I, in that I, scene. I thought no, that like, like something for that, sure he was going to get sniped. I was I expecting it would, it would advance his plot. It would be a perfect bow. I like it's funny. Both. You brought up Django. I was expecting the Christoph Waltz boom. Um, somebody boom, finally realizes yeah. he's dead and then boom, somebody kills Bill Burr. That's honestly mm-hmm. what I was expecting. And then Mando was, shoots his way out because he's a stud. I was expecting Bill Burr's character to stay with them and continue on. Oh. If it was played by anybody else than Bill Burr, I think. Some people were advocating for that on like Bill Twitty. I like I like what I like that he's in the woods. Bill Burr is hiding in the jungle of that planet. Um I I his bookend for me is yes, I would have not preferred that he died, but it would have been better for the show as a whole if he died in that scene um i like that bill burr is kind of just out there i would like a, a cameo but i don't find him integral other than the point that he is basically ending the season which i liked which is why i call it a sneaky thriller like it was or filler excuse me um because it kind of was a filler but it kind of advanced the plot mm-hmm. it's getting them to the last chapter which i like i did think it was kind of weird how like Bill Burr took his helmet off, but then didn't put it back on. He was the only one without it. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, he took it off because it was too hot and just like never put it back on. And then and I then... was like, this would just kind of. There was a bunch like of like a, a red in... alert for like a red flag. There was a me. bunch of people in the mine holding their helmets, though. You could see them when when they came in, like they were cheering with the helmet under their arms. So like, obviously, it wasn't the end of the world. Like in in the the first order. Or the in the Force Awakens, like uh, what's her name, Chrome Dome, uh, is like FN two one eight seven. Why is your helmet off? Like, obviously they're not at that stage yet because they're just kind of a pseudo empire. But I noticed that I was like, what? Why aren't they making us think that his helmet's off? But when they were so worried about getting recognized, yeah. And if he just simply put when they when they were saluting them on their way in, I guess they were all just like respect. They got through. The was, there, there's stuff. a couple like little plot holes that could have just been easily fixed. One we did talk about from last week's episode, which was Mando has a literally like a button with the press of his button, his jetpack will come flying back to him, and he just never used that when the Iron Man, uh, I'm blanking the name, troopers Our came troopers. down to get Baby Yoda, and like he was running up the hill so slowly that he simply just pressed the button, jetpack right to his back, <laughs> up the mountain. But that was that wasn't. Um, Effective for the, the was a creative liberty. Yeah, so this was another one. If he simply uh, just uh, put on his helmet, I don't know if they would have gotten noticed. Yeah, he didn't have. Well, he left it. Well, he left it in the truck. That was the I problem. Don't know why? <laughs> he didn't. That's the. I was thinking. I was. I was expecting him to say that when, like, in, when he turned around. I was like, when he was like. Um, like, why don't you just put your helmet... I was expecting Mando to be like, why don't you just put your helmet on? And then Bill Burr to be like, well, I left it in the truck. And then for Mando to have to go up and... Or give Mando... Mando give him his helmet. Mando to stand there. I wasn't expecting Mando to go go do the uh, the scanning. But that was a good part. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have, truthfully, any predictions uh, for next week. I, I'm not really sure where we go from here. I do. I always think back to the tweet I saw after uh, chapter fourteen, where they were like, uh, uh, "This will be a 
the tweet where the guy was like, buckle up, this will be a roller coaster ride. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it per se. Like, I think the the past two episodes have been good, but almost like they were expected. Like, we were expected to get to this point. So I, I'm, I'm still waiting to be my socks to be knocked off by the last chapter. And I, as of the the precedent they said, I expect the last episode to be, you know, far and away the best. But it's been an underwhelming roller coaster, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I've, I've kind of expected what's going to happen. I thought episode six of the season was really, really good. I expected <laughs> that one to be more like what episode seven was. I'm so confused. Steve has been hyping up every episode, and now he's calling it. No, I'm like, I'm. The guy was basically saying, like, the last, like, I took that tweet as, like, the last three episodes are all going to be, like, what chapter eight was. Like, they were all going to be wild and nuts. And they've, the the sixth one was nuts, like, of this season. And this one was expected to be the sixth one for me. Like, I expected them to flip-flop. But, like, I, I, I this one didn't blow my... I didn't mind the break. It didn't blow. I would like my away. socks. I would like my socks to be knocked off. See, I in, was in the last chapter. I think this was a needed filler. To, to it was a needed filler, but I thought it was going to come the episode before. I don't know. I like just I'm, wait. Just wait till the last episode of the season, and Steve is going to be freaking out on this next pod. As I hopefully we all are. I hope we all are. I'm not rooting. Like I'm not rooting against it. Imagine if it's not. That would be that would be interesting. If it's, but what if it's like a cliffhanger? Then it's not truly knocking your socks off. It's just kind of hanging you there, and that. Well, that's there's not the going end to of the be world. a cliffhanger of some sort, and I'm hoping it's with the Jedi. Like that's the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers, and then a year wait to try and figure out who that Jedi is. Yeah, I am a little disappointed that we're literally waiting a calendar year from this Friday. Did we wait a calendar year last time? Did we? Well, I think we waited I a calendar year know. from first episode. A little less than a calendar year because okay. Disney Plus came out in like November, mid-November. And then we got it like the day before Halloween this year. Okay. So we had to wait like, no, but by the time. By the time it was done. Ended. Yeah. It was probably like 10 months. So we're in extra. Okay. Uh, it makes sense with all that's going on and how busy uh, Lucasfilm's going to be, but. Hopefully that cliffhanger, the cliff, it's going to be a cliffhanger. It's going to be wild. That's my final thoughts before we share, I guess, our grades. Um, Episode eight is going to be a great, absurd ride. I think kind of, honestly, the show itself, like an expected trying to get Baby Yoda back, maybe an appearance from someone we weren't expecting, but then the ending is going to be what we're talking about. That's my guess. I I will agree with you. Like, not just the ending. In hope that you are right, because hope is what rebellions are founded on. Really yeah, I mean, to, uh, I think, I don't know. I think t- the next episode is going to be really good. But, like, it's just, well, the, we were saying the whole time when that guy was saying the last three episodes are going to be crazy. We were like, all right, slow down. You work for the show. You're just trying to pump it up. And we thought it was going to be seven and eight. So we only thought two of the three were going to be absolutely crazy. Yeah, we did say six was going to be a filler, so. Yeah. And I wouldn't say this was a filler, though. But I just, just called a sneaky filler. But I, I, I just want a fifty-minute episode. I want to go back to the first chapter of the season where it was fifty-two minutes and it was awesome and it was like 
So like the thing is uh, one, it's a problem I have when I watch it on my computer, but I'll accidentally swipe the, uh, the mouse and the player will come up like with the, the pause fast forward and stuff. And it'll say, it'll say like, uh, like seven forty-five left. And I'm like, damn, that's it. Like I, that's all I got left for this episode. Like I, I, I just want uh, a longer episode. I'm assuming it's going to have to be with the I think season finale. I mean, episode, uh, Chapter eight was pretty. It was over an hour, I believe. It's like an hour four, right? I don't. I don't remember. I I would look. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm a very I'm a very naive TV watcher. Um, since it's I don't have a lot of experience with TV, but I, I just want more. I always want more. It's gonna be really tough waiting for over a year. It's literally a year from Saturday. I don't know why it is that long though. I mean, I feel like they could definitely have it ready by October. That's a that's a studio question. I, I have no idea why. I mean, that Star Wars is notorious. They love that month of December. I'm just really confused because wouldn't you want stuff for the holiday season if you're bringing in some more characters and then Moff Gideon's going to have a bigger role and then you could have action figures with him? And I don't know. I I... I I don't understand why. Chapter eight, Chapter 8 was only 49 minutes. I thought it was like a whole hour. I didn't think it was. I don't know how long it was. But and what sucks is when you say, Steve, like there's seven minutes left, you know, four of those. Are I know. Running. Yeah. That's the worst part is like uh, the worst part is when as Mando was talking and I hadn't swiped it in a while, I swiped it. and It said like five Oh four. And I was like, no freaking way. There's 30 seconds left of this episode. I was like, I want more. That was my biggest problem was when at 5.04, when Mando was hyping me up, the episode was over. I was like, damn, no way. I don't know. The, the thing is with TV is, or these, this episode, I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know. The last episode could be 37 minutes, which means it's only 32 minutes. Like, I don't, I don't know. And you know there's going to be some massive cliffhanger, which is good, just going to want you to have another episode come up shortly, and it's not going to be there. That's why my whole thing is like I hate watching shows that are still going on because then when you hit the point where the last season's completed and there's a big cliffhanger and you have to wait and this is gonna it's gonna be tough. But they're I understand treating it that mentality, like a, but like there's sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. They're yeah. treating it like a movie almost, like with the Christmas Day release next year. That's what I mean. They love releasing shit in December. But it's like, worst tradition. but don't they love Black Friday more, where they make money? Like, don't like, what the hell's the matter with them? I mean, there's also. So. I, I, to be fair, they didn't you do never shit know. With you never know in the, terms like, of merchandising. You never know the production like standpoint. Like you, you like I get we really. That's what don't I said. It's a, stu- it's a studio question, but I, I'd like to know the answer. Uh, the thing is, hopefully they, they pull an Endgame and they move it up. They're definitely a little busy. They're shooting later in the year next year than they did this past year. I don't know. I mean, COVID very well could have messed their whole schedule up. Well, I would have expected it to like be from January through early March like it was this year. Don't they film it in space? There's no COVID in space. All right. That's a lame joke. You got to chuckle out of Billy. You didn't get one out of me. That was lame. We're not, we're, the Mandalorian is not Tom Cruise over here. Tom Cruise is planning on filming his movies in space. 
Reapers is just a different breed. Isn't the Fast and the Furious going to space? Yes, yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if are they actually going to space or are they going to space? No, yeah, they are. That's good. Oh, like yeah, I think they're planning on filming. Like I, we'll, we'll get into some other time, but like the space <laughs> mean like the space station, or do they mean just like the zero gravity, like that plane that takes you up for like six minutes, technically? Uh, I don't know. SpaceX, like, what are we? Why are we making more Fast and Furious movies? That's my biggest question. The hell it's with so space? So funny because when in our preparation for the two thousands movie draft, oh which my is god, dropping tomorrow, and Fast and Furious was on it, like the original, <laughs> and you look at that movie, which is literally them seeing like VCR players. It was just a heist of VCR players, and now they're like international cyborg super spies. Just such an it. such an interesting character arc. I don't get it. Nope. All right. Let's stop the tape. Um, so, scores? Yeah, we'll right. give scores. Go ahead, Billy. I think I'm going to give it an 81. Ooh. I'm kind of on that Dave Portnoy Ed, like, is it a 7.9? Is it an 8.1? I'll give it an 8.1. Solid episode. I like the Bayfield character. Um, definitely very solid moments throughout the episode. It's just the whole wow factor wasn't there to raise it up. But uh, not a poor episode by any means. I was entertained. So I'll give the little boost to an 8.1. Oh, Billy. Great minds think alike. 82 was my grade. I liked the real world thematic elements. I thought, it, I mean, obviously it was kind of a filler episode. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a very, it's 82, I feel like, similar to anyone. It's just kind of the definition of like a very, very solid episode. Nothing special per se, but definitely better than a couple of other ones that we had. Like, I would prefer this kind of episode over the Mando fights a monster and, like, saves the town. Personally. Yeah. So I gave that an 82. I gave it an 88, and the only reason it loses a lot of points is because the lack of Star Wars. Wait, what? that lost a lot of points at <laughs> yeah. 88? It wasn't a bad... It was a really good oh, wartime episode. How are you underwhelmed and you're giving it an 88? Because everything in Star like, Wars should be 100. 88's like... Really, really good. Like in my movie grade, 88's are like... This is TV. Like top 100 movies. This is TV. This is different. Different grading scale. Bro, what's your other... Takeaway episode two, are you over like 85 on every episode? Yes. Yeah, and remember Steve was about ready to be done with this show? Yeah. <laughs> That was a brash overreaction. I'm really glad I'll never have to see Frog Lady again. Dude, that's... See, that. an 88 for me on my movie scale is literally... Dude, movies and TV are not the same. literally ru- number 50 is the top 88. You're very mean. These movies, a lot of money goes into these movies. A lot of people's jobs. Bro, all I know is that episode two looks worse and worse and worse in comparison to the rest of the season. It, it is such a terrible... That's why I need the disparity. Like, Billy, I'm still waiting for the advancement of the plot that you were hyping up after that episode. I told you that that was going to be the only filler, though, and I was correct. Well, I would consider this one a filler. People would argue that you were wrong, that the last episode was a filler. I just happened to like it. I liked the war era, PTSD. This episode was not a filler. Because... Moral ambiguity. I'm saying people would argue. I'm not it saying was, I... It was filler-esque in terms of like it wasn't. You like needed the... to go get... I really loved... I re- this is my favorite dialogues episode. I really, really liked it. And I liked the character building. In t- it was 12 minutes of building Bill Burr's character to the point where you were emotional for his actions like you were like all right kill this motherfucker like let's go 
Like I, it, it, was, it really felt Rogue One on the small screen. That's and I love Rogue One a lot. So I mean, I I thought this was I didn't I think it lacked a bit of Star Wars, but I thought it was a really well written episode. I was I I did I did like it as a as a TV episode, but it lacked a little bit of Star Wars. Um, but other than that, do you guys do you want to make a prediction for the last chapter? Because I'm just going to plead the Sith. I would just predict that Mando does not get Baby Yoda by the end of the episode. I'm going to go big and say we see a figure around the scene stone. Do and we see a lightsaber? No. And I agree that with Billy, I don't think we get Baby Yoda. My only question, I have no idea, is do we consider seeing the like Baby Yoda to the dark side teases that we've kind of been shown in the past couple episodes? I don't know. I don't know. And a chapter of probably 50 minutes or less. I think that would be a tough squeeze in. I do have actually, I do have a question. This is, this is pretty yes or no. Do Mando and Moff Gideon fight with the spear thing and the dark saber? Yes or no? In this episode. Like, I feel like they've been teasing the spear thingy with him throwing the spear at the, the pirates and then using the spear against no. the wooden one. Now. And here's what I will relate it to. There was an episode in Game of Thrones either towards the end of season six or in season seven when it was Jon Snow and the Night King and that had been built up forever and they didn't fight. And it was like, okay, they're going to fight later, which they ended up not doing, which was, again, total BS. But I think it's going to be something like that where like they could and they're about to, and then something happens where they get separated towards the end, or there's some sort of escape, and then it's just alluded to that they're going to fight in the future. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, do you see my thing though with the building yeah. up though? Like they're pulling, like they didn't. He didn't I'm need gonna, to I'm point the no, dark saber. But, but, but unlike what they said, it does happen. I think. But I'm gonna go no here. My question is, I, I was, I, I didn't even read it. It's just. Do you think at some point in the set the season Mando loses his hand? It's just like it's like a, it happens in every Star Wars movie. Someone like loses their hand. And that, that's not a joke. I mean that generally. I know what you're saying. Could you yeah. see like Goff, like um, Moff? Dude, I do that every time. Moff Gideon axing off Mando's hand, and like that's like where we're kind of left. Like I'm talking like the end of either end of season three or end of this season. Like not only did Mando lose, but they oh, in general. Yeah, like, like the series as a like, whole, does he lose like, a hand? Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. I'm talking like li- at some point they're going to replicate End of Empire. Sure. Like, that's where I kind of that I could I don't well, know if it's well, happening here. Mando can't cut off Moff Gideon's hand with that spear thingy. He can cut his head off if he throws it at his head. But sure, Mando will lose a hand. Why not? All our heroes do. That's Who else me. besides Luke does? Darth Vader, Anakin. Oh, yeah. Anakin was a hero. It's a Skywalker saga, man. Oh, Did anything it. happen in the sequel series with that? With that? No, they stopped doing it. Stupid. Yeah. It, it happened in the animated series too. Yeah, they stopped. And, and well, they stopped. Marvel, uh, and in Marvel, in every Marvel movie, someone loses their hand. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that, or like they hurt their arm or something. Um, there was a scene in The Force Awakens where Chewbacca ripped the arms off of uh, Ankar Plutt, and they were like, no. 
that's scary. And they cut it and they stopped doing it. Um, yeah. We'll end it there. Um, so until next Monday for Mando Mondays, this has been your host, Stephen O'Malley, for Billy Bruno, Aiden LaCorey, the Wrong Theater, and the 610 Podcast Network. We'll see you guys next time.